Hi, friends. This is Spencer Williams, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume podcast. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded in recent weeks, before we learned of the tragic news of the passing of our dear friend, costume designer Shauna Terpsik. Before we begin this week's episode, I just want to read part of a statement from Shauna's family and say a few personal words about our friend who will be missed so dearly. First for the statement, born in Artesia, California, Shauna wanted to be a truck driver in high school, but had an art teacher who wanted her to be an artist. He inspired her to attend Otis College of Art and Design for Fashion, and in her senior year, she worked on Bob Mackey's team. Shauna got her start illustrating for Albert Wolski on the Oscar-winning film Bugsy, and then became his assistant on Barry Levinson's film Toys. She was soon designing her own films and shows such as Angel, The Cabin in the Woods, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and so much more. She worked for Jill O'Hannison as an assistant costume designer on a pilot of Firefly and eventually took over the show. As the story goes, a Firefly fan who worked at Skywalker Ranch asked Shauna if she would like a tour. And that's where she met George Lucas. 15 years later, she received a call to design The Mandalorian, fulfilling a lifelong dream to design for Star Wars. She then went on to design the costumes for the Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka, earning multiple Emmy nominations and a CDG award. And now for a few personal words. Shauna Terpsik had one of the brightest, most beautiful souls you can imagine. Over the past couple of years, Shauna and I became friends both on and off camera doing several interviews together regarding her impressive career, specifically with Star Wars and occasional Power Rangers story if I could sneak it in. You all got to hear a couple of those interviews on a podcast talking about the Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian. And we also were in the midst of discussing future plans to have Shauna on again very soon to talk about Ahsoka, Firefly, and she didn't notice, but I was also working on a Power Rangers piece as well. Uh, those fortunate enough to have known Shauna will test her passion, kindness, enthusiasm, boundless inspiration, unwavering positivity, and limitless love. Shauna loved what she did, and you could feel it in the way she spoke. The opportunity to design costumes for projects like The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka was a dream come true for her. In many ways, I believe Shauna's passion inspired not only me, but countless others to pursue their own dreams and life. Every time Shauna and I spoke, she made a point to highlight three things. Her deep admiration for generous fan community, whom she loves so dearly, and you could see it when they would interact in person. Her incredible crews, whom she credited as a true architects of the magic we saw on screen and her two beloved children who motivated her to be the best mother and designer she could be. On behalf of the Art of Costume team, myself, Elizabeth, and Daniel, our heartfelt love and condolences go out to Shauna's friends, family, her exceptionally talented crew, fans, and of course, her two children, Joseph and Sarah. Shauna was just the best, and I'm having a difficult time believing she is gone, but... I will forever cherish our conversations, meetings, and random emails, DMs, fangirling about our nerdy sci-fi things. Shauna Terpsik was a hero of mine, truly one of a kind, and I already miss her terribly. Uh, with that being said, a fund has been created on behalf of her children, 
So please, please consider donating to the GoFundMe page, which can be found using our show notes. It's in the description uh, to help with any cost during this time of mourning. I really appreciate everyone chipping in whatever they can. Uh, it means a lot to all of us at the Art of Costume. Thank you all for listening, donating, and remembering our dear friend, Shauna Terpsik. Now please continue enjoying your spooky season and enjoy this week's episode about the interview with the vampire. Like, how do they get people to attend this every single night? Everyone in that audience looked so confused. Slim pickings for shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I am Spencer de Pantulac, but you could just call me Spencer. Vampire name. Oh, no. okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Spencer. I feel like my name is already a vampire name. So Elizabeth Joy Glass. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I could see it. Glassy vampire. Would... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I am so excited for today's episode, but I think we should introduce our guest. Uh, yes. We are joined for his annual appearance on the podcast. He only comes up once a year, so I'm very excited. Uh, you met him last time during Galaxy Quest, but you hear his voice every episode. It is the legendary... The only Lord that Elizabeth respects yes. on this podcast. Very true. Lord Dan White. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. <laughs> hey, Daniel. How's it going? Not too bad. How about you? Good. I, I miss you. It's been like 24 hours since we've talked. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here to get into our spooky season kind of officially. Yes. Um, Elizabeth, Daniel... Are you excited for spooky season? I am so excited. Yeah, we have a pretty good lineup. Just saying. We do. We do. I'm really excited for all these episodes. Um, I'm so glad that's finally getting cold outside. The leaves are dying. The <laughs> black cats are walking around the streets. You know, everything's getting dark and gloomy. And I'm just so glad summer's finally over. I love that the black cats are walking around. Yeah, they come out of hibernation <laughs> at the end of summer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I live with one, so it terrorizes us all the time anyways. Right. I mean, we could actually kind of see one in the background. The yeah. audience can't, but I see one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you guys been watching any scary movies? Not yet, but no. Chloe's in the mood. So I think we're going to kick that off this weekend or next. Yeah, I, I, ha I have a list, so going to see what I'm going to watch first. Right. It'll probably be Practical Magic because I just keep thinking about it. I've <laughs> <laughs> never seen that. Oh, it's so oh, good. You would love it, Daniel. Yeah, I'll write it down. Um, 
I feel like I start early. I've already watched, well, we're about to talk about one of the movies, but I watched uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. I'm getting ready to watch to Bram that. Stoker's Dracula yeah, again. Yes. How fitting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lots of vampires. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I've been watching Sweeney Todd. I have been watching Phantom of the Opera again. Elizabeth, you really got me hooked on it last yes. year. I think it was last year. Um. And I just, yeah, I've been listening to the album again. I know it's not really like a Halloween movie, but it just, this it's, is the it, time of year to watch vibe, it. It's the vibe, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's get into today's film. Elizabeth, Daniel, what are we watching? We are watching Interview with a Vampire. I'm so excited. This is actually the first time I've actually finished a movie, I would say. <laughs> which is crazy yeah Wait, i feel like i've i've watched interview of a vampire i think oh. three different times and i always fall asleep yeah so shame I, on you i know <laughs> so i finally sat down and watched it and now i'm obsessed with it it's... daniel this is one of your favorites right that's one of them i love vampires so all this kind of stuff especially like the classic vampires mm -hmm. yeah so this is uh this is up there yeah, I for me, it is also my first time watching it all the way through because uh, I, I, too, That's fell asleep <laughs> the first time I watched it. And this is one of only two movies I've ever done that with. So, oh. um <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, not good. <laughs> I was very excited. I was going to be like, OK, what did I miss? <laughs> this feels like a very Elizabeth coded movie. You would think that she's seen this a thousand times. That's what I thought. That's, yeah. you know, I can see why you think that. Um, just, you're trying to be mysterious and just keep us guessing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say, though, <laughs> watching this made me appreciate Tom Cruise as an actor more. Because <laughs> it's one of the few things I've seen him in where he's not being like, like a secret agent, like super like actiony man, and I was like, oh my gosh, Tom Cruise, so much range. You know what? I'll I'll accept that. I did a little bit more. Be like, okay, I guess Tom Cruise is cool in this. Um, yeah, because I've never been a Tom Cruise fan, but yeah, he was great in this. Um, for me, it was Brad Pitt. I mean, just one of the best of the best. Yes. So gorgeous too in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, I that honestly that was one of the reasons I was excited to watch it was for Brad Pitt. <laughs> I also I don't know how I forget got though that Antonio Banderas was in this until he popped up on screen. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, that caught me off guard. And actually when we talk about it later, I've remembered something funny about it that reminds me of Daniel, but I'll save that for <laughs> <Me>. later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right daniel are you a brad pitt or a tom cruise person personally i'm a tom cruise really you like actor, the mission impossible I movies actually, don't you no 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 <laughs> i mean those are some of them are good but like he does other movies where he's not like an action person well yeah before like the year 2000 he's he's actually like a really good actor you know personal life questionable but <laughs> acting life really good <laughs> yeah for sure the yeah. only movie that sticks out to me is um war of the worlds which that movie oh, still yeah. freaks me out to this day 
my personal favorite is The Last Samurai. That one's good. Oh, I yeah. I forgot yeah. about um, The Last Samurai. I don't think I've seen that. That That's pretty good. I saw it as like a kid, so I don't remember much. Vanilla Sky is the one that's like one of my top movies. Vanilla Sky. I don't think mm-hmm. I've even heard of that. Yeah. A little old, but still yeah. <laughs> like a solid movie. Kind of trippy. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll put that on the list. Maybe that'll be next year's <laughs> appearance. <laughs> well, let's get into interview with the vampire. Uh, what a fun, crazy, beautiful movie. Uh, Elizabeth, do you want to start us off with a summary? Yes. Louie. A 200-year-old vampire is telling his story to an eager biographer. Suicidal after the death of his family, he meets Lestat, a vampire who persuades him to choose immortality over death and become his companion. Eventually, gentle Louise resolves to leave his violent maker, but Lestat guilts him into staying by turning a young girl whose addition to the family breeds even more conflict. Ooh, very messy. Such a messy family movie. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So <laughs> well, let's go behind the costumes. Uh, we have director Neil Jordan and costume designer and actual legend. Someone, I don't even know if we've done one of her movies. We We're haven't. Talking about, I was checking. Right. It's so crazy. We are talking about Sandy Powell, the goat. Uh, yeah. seriously, she has done so much. And looking at her notable work, I don't think I've seen this much Academy nominated I work. Don't think I even put on all her Academy nominations. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start. We have Orlando, for which she was nominated for an Oscar, Shakespeare in Love, which was an Oscar win, Gangs of New York, an Oscar nomination, The Aviator, Oscar win. <laughs> I'm getting exhausted already. <laughs> the other Boleyn girl. The Young Victoria, which was an Oscar win. The Tempest, Oscar nomination. Hugo, Oscar nomination. The Wolf of Wall Street. Cinderella, which was an Oscar nomination. Carol, an Oscar nomination. The Favorite, Oscar nomination. (laughs) Still going. (laughs) Mary Poppins Returns, Oscar nomination. And I think probably most recently, The Irishman, which was Mm. another Oscar nomination. So... Sandy Powell does not mess around when it comes to costumes. And it blows my mind that Interview with the Vampire was not nominated for an Oscar. Out of all the films we just said, Interview with the Vampire is not one of them. I I think if this same exact movie was released today, it absolutely would. That's so funny because I was thinking that last night. Yeah, vampires are (laughs) back in trend. Absolutely. I think in the 90s, people were just being a little, little stuck up about it. (laughs) Yeah, it was when they saw Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in a wig, starting like they can't be. Um, But no, I agree with you. If this movie were to have come out, I don't know, say like two years ago when it was like Cruella and Dune. And I definitely feel like Interview with the Vampire would have stood out amongst those and been nominated for sure. Oh, yeah. And honestly still holds up. Yeah. Yeah. It's This is a masterclass in like period costumes for sure. Absolutely. It it is excellent. Uh, well, so this is one of those movies where probably going along with what we were just saying, there's not a whole lot of information. <laughs> so, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to dive into the many different 
stages of Louis and Lestat's life and talk about the many costumes that we see and just talk about our favorites since, you know, we don't have a lot of info from the goat herself. But Sandy Powell, if you're listening, our doors are very wide open. Yeah. <laughs> we need the info. <laughs> yeah. You can move in rent free for all I care. <laughs> if you want to write a whole book about your costumes for this movie, we'll support you. <laughs> yeah. We'll do the audiobook and everything. Um, yes, please. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break. <laughs> to dive into some sexy vampire costumes yeah (laughs) well the film starts with a very sad louis um and he's going through it after his wife died and quickly this movie gets going when we see louis meet lestat and i just have to say the both of them i think they're actually vampires they look especially brad pitt no, both of them. They look exactly the same today. <laughs> <laughs> they have definitely aged well. I, uh, who are we saying were a replicant? Was a replicant? Was that? That was Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. I think they might be in the same category. Like has definitely aged, but not enough for you to be like, oh yeah, it's been t- almost 30 years. Cause this movie came out the year I was born. So this movie is 29 years old. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Uh, Yeah, they're both, they look like replicants that just have had like a little bit of wear and tear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love them at first. So I I don't know why I did not realize this movie started in like pre-revolutionary America. Mm -hmm, Um, I always thought it started in like the Victorian era. But then I was like, how did I mess that up? Because the clothes are so like late 1700s, like very reminiscent of like, like what uh, Lestat is wearing. I'm like, did he just come from the French court? Like, did Marie Antoinette (laughs) give him like a really nice suit? This looks incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it it feels, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like Lestat is like his aesthetic tends to look gaudy yeah mm-hmm. yeah because i think lestat is from france correct yeah he's from paris i think yeah so he probably brought over that yeah and you know definitely he's been a vampire a lot longer than well i mean louis is getting turned as we speak so lestat's <laughs> been a vampire for a little bit longer and i just love the idea I hate to compare what we know from like what we do in the shadows <laughs> to this, <laughs> but they're very like in ways I feel like Lestat's very stuck in like where he came from, you know, when he became a vampire. So like he's still kind of caring. He's trying to blend into this Louisiana society, but he's still very much like that French Lestat at the same time. Which is actually one of the themes that um, Antonio Banderas's character kind of points out later. Yeah. 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 See. Brad Pitt's though, I I feel like his outfit looks very costume house rented, doesn't it? 
He's definitely yeah. like, I would say, I mean, he's working. Well, he's not working. He owns a plantation, right? So mm-hmm. he's very, um, I don't know. He's, he he's, has money, but he's going through it with the death of his wife. So I feel like he's just kind of a little bit more dressed down and kind of his hands are dirty, but not really because he has slaves doing it for him. Um, but so I think he's a little bit more dressed down for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely not up to the <laughs> the grandeur of Lestat. <laughs> Until he gets into his very new relationship with Lestat. And yes. suddenly he just... <laughs> is looking good. <laughs> uh, yeah, they both kind of... I would say Louis really just dives right in and just definitely amps up his costumes, his persona, his character. He's trying to... See if he could love this new life he has, but it's definitely not easy for him. No. Um, I love the scene where Louis and Lestat go to that party and everyone is very gaudy. I would say very, it's like old, very French. Now the lady with the dogs. Is that Oh my gosh. I think so. Mm -hmm. This reminded, have you ever watched Dangerous Liaison? No. Oh gosh. This whole scene reminded me of that movie. Just like the way everyone's dressed to the nines because like everyone is like over the top in that movie and it's amazing. <laughs> and this reminded me of that so much, uh, particularly her dress, which is all the embellishment on it in the world. All of it. Yeah, there's like gold bows on the front. There's bows here. The yellow velvet is just her golden velvet is so strong mm-hmm. over the top lacing. Yeah, over the top, very everything. You could tell that this lady is uh, definitely has a little bit of money behind her. Yeah, it's almost like out of a painting. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good way to put it. The colors are so great, and we're looking at a picture. And I never noticed Lestat before, just like staring down her, like I don't want to say bodyguard, but like handler. Yeah. Um, looking at him like the tasty little snack <laughs> that he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely like mm, we're gonna we're gonna have a good night tonight <laughs> oh man uh, so scary very uncomfortable i do love though like so louis like so much more dressed up now but he's still like lestat i'm not going with all this embroidery like all this velvet he's still like much simpler because he's just not as flashy as lestat <laughs> Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, (laughs) he's been a vampire for like a few weeks or something. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to jump right into your crazy wardrobe, but it's definitely happening a little bit. Lestat is very controlling, trying to control his image as we'll see uh, a little bit later on with some other characters. Yes. Such a healthy relationship, I would say. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Sarcasm. Very abusive. As we talk about Lestat, though, Sandy Powell, this is literally the only piece of information we are able to find from Sandy Powell. Uh, Marie Claire quotes her as saying, interview with a vampire travels through time. So I got the opportunity to dress Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in many different looks. But this costume is pretty much accurate for the 18th century period referring to the blue ensemble he has when the house is burning down Mm. tom's character lestat was meant to be handsome and charismatic 
So I always dressed him expensively and up to date. Mm. His shirt Mm. is particularly voluminous to give that air of romanticism. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So compared to everyone else, he's dressed better than like most wealthy people. So he stands out even amongst them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's you see Lestat in a room and instantly you're just kind of taken by him, which is part of his evil devious plan. <laughs> yeah. Some late night snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, I love I love Lestat in a blue. I think it's it looks really good on him and he does always stand out. And I get what she means about like that air of romanticism because he does kind of remind remind me of like a character you'd read about in like a romantic novel. Not mm-hmm. that I've read any, but this is kind of what I would picture <laughs> what they look like. <laughs> Not that I've read any, but... <laughs> you know, I don't read romance novels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one thing that caught me off guard was that Tandy Newton was in this film. Oh my gosh, that's Tandy Newton? Yeah, that really blew me away. Oh, um, man. One of my faves from Westworld... Norbit for all those who know. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> she's like so young and like sweet little baby Tandy Newton. It yeah. was crazy. Wow. Oh my gosh. Did not put that together. Daniel's like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> she's brilliant. Wow, she did such um, a good job in this too. I know. Yeah. She, she definitely should have had a little bit more of a, people should put some more respect on her name in this film because she carries it. Yes. So Louis sets his house on fire, uh, which is very sad because it was such a nice house, but they end up moving to New Orleans and Louis going through it. He's feeling all the, all the feels. Um, and Lestat was like, don't go. I know we'll help you. Here's a <laughs> new child and <laughs> very messy. <laughs> Which intros Claudia, um, which was crazy to see a young Kirsten Dunst. She is like actually a child in this. She is so young. And I also love how they they move kind of seamlessly from like decade to decade because this is like you can tell from her clothes. This is about like Regency era. So probably like the 1910s, 20s. Um, and they just do it very seamlessly. Like it's not a big shock every time they change decades or styles. Yeah. It's uh, very creepy because Lestat, he, you know, we've talked about how he likes to collect people and control mm-hmm. people. And you see it the most with Claudia because yes. she is essentially like his porcelain doll um the hair is very big and curly like a doll she's wearing that like hat with the tie around her neck which reminds you of like a little bo peep moment it's a little bonnet (laughs) yeah it's very (laughs) creepy um she looks beautiful of course but it's just creepy and also notice the color she's wearing almost consistently during the time of lestat is blue Mm -hmm. his favorite color i think it's because lestat turned her yeah. And yeah. then the the one that becomes uh Claudia's mother is green, which I believe Louis wears a lot of green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would so say I that. think it's like a play off of that. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, Louis does wear a lot of green. Like dark, dark greens most of the time. So I think it has to do with like that kind of theme. It would suck to be a child vampire. Wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that would not be fun 
Like, no wonder she has so many issues. Yeah, she's what? She's like 30, year old, 30 years old at one point and she still looks like she's, you know, 11. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, what is wrong with me? And it's like... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I just remembered the part where Lestat was dancing around with Claudia's dead mom. That was a lot. That was horrifying. <laughs> that was not cute. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's some images that just stay in your head after a movie. That was one of them yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just seeing the three of them together as they transition into this like new New Orleans life. Um, I would say that it it's kind of interesting how Lestat really did kind of change his costumes once again, because now he's a little bit more appropriate for the era, feels yeah. a little bit more gentleman-y, dapper with the top hats. Um, it's it's convincing. Yeah. So he's actually doing a pretty good job at it. Um, and Louis just looks great as always. I love there's the one scene where they're just walking together through the streets, seeing the three of them. And uh, they look great. Yeah. They do make like, as like a three person unit, it's like they do coordinate and dress quite well together. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, I feel like this would be like a perfect era for you. I can imagine you in like the coat um, and the top hat. Yeah. Those shirts too. <laughs> with the little shirts yeah this is definitely with the cravat hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> very you daniel <laughs> uh but claudia really gets frustrated being a permanent <laughs> little girl and she and lestat get into some bickering which ends with lestat basically getting his throat ripped open bleeding all over the floor and gain carried to the swamps of New Orleans and gain dumped into the swamp and turn it yes, to gator food. Claudia. Yes. <laughs> I was so excited for her in that moment. I was like, girl, you take control of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, I want to say this, the moment where we see Lestat bleeding out on the floor. Do you know what that image reminded me of almost immediately? Resident Evil. Oh, it just, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he looks just like the icon. There's like an iconic scene in like the first Resident Evil where you see where like the, the, the zombie around. for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That is Lestat. That's for all the nerds out there. All two of you that are listening <laughs> to the podcast who play Resident <laughs> Evil. Um, but I think my favorite costumes were the ones that Louis and Claudia wear to the swamp because they're wearing those like swampy greens. I love like yeah. a louisiana swamp for some reason um and they just like blend into it so perfectly with the greens mm -hmm. claudia's wearing some pinks underneath but there's still a little bit of blue she's still lestat's perfect little doll i feel like the green cloak is supposed to be like representation of louis protecting her or something yeah that's um, a good way to put there's it there's also like a really good use of white white clothing mm -hmm. yeah because like every time a vampire goes for the kill they're still even though they're wearing white it's always like pristine clean no marks no nothing and like you know red really shows well on yeah on like white clothing so like you can see on louis when he gets his throat chopped off yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just lends so well <laughs> and wearing white to like a nasty swamp is such a 
such a flex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For him to it's look a bold this good. choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually one of the best parts. Cause like, you know, you always talk about like loving distressing. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, Lestat throughout this whole movie from this point on is just nothing but like a distressed to distress to distressed yeah. version of like himself. And I like that's like the best part of this movie. He never fully recovers from being gator food. And no. that really has like an impact on your mental and physical health. Mm hmm. <laughs> uh which proves daniel's very right on because as we get back to the house lestat shows back up and is playing the piano which is interesting because when he's playing the piano i believe it's the same exact outfit obviously that he was wearing last time he was playing the piano Mm -hmm. so it's like seeing uh it's just a compare and contrast is so great uh very creepy uh the makeup and prosthetics are perfect yeah, this is yeah. like one of my favorite scenes. It's a good one. And yeah. because I never fully finished this movie before, I thought this was the end of the movie. So when we got to this point, I was like, wow, it's ending already. Um. <laughs> I knew it wasn't the end because like, I think I had fallen asleep before this part. And then I had woken up like later in the movie. So I knew this wasn't the end. <laughs> Um, yeah, Lestat looks like he definitely smells pretty strong right now. Um, I love the breakdown of this costume. It is just so well done. Um, but Lestat ends up burning down in the house, allegedly. So our favorite duo of Claudia and Louis go to Paris. Yes. And Claudia gets to live her life. And, you know, Louis letting her go to like i love that scene where she's at the fitting just dancing around in these dresses she's still wearing blue which is interesting to me but she's finally just getting to be like the young woman that she's wanted to be wearing whatever she wants if the corset and the bustle in the back of it she's living right now yeah and she transitions into much darker colors because she's like i am mentally she is an adult she is like mature kind of in that sense so she's choosing like adult silhouettes and colors Mm -hmm. uh, to reflect like her mental state yeah that's true her her clothing choices tend to be more adult um when they move to paris right yeah yeah and she goes more into like jewel tones which i think it's kind of a way of her uh making that connection in her head where she's still you know kind of like the child of louis and lestat so she's still wearing like those blues but it's darker as she's a little bit more of like a tested moving into being like her own type of character at this moment. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but this introduces <laughs> something I was not fully prepared for Antonio Banderas as Armand. And <laughs> I mentioned earlier that this guy reminded me of Daniel because when we did Halloween one year, he dressed up as Sirius Black. <laughs> and now, like, this is just what his costume looked like to me. I think you were actually being Armand, Daniel. <laughs> if he had a beard, this would be Daniel. Um, but, yeah, this man looks amazing. I love the long hair. The wig yes. is, like, questionable at times. But it gets better i would say throughout the film (laughs) i yeah i mean it takes like a second to get used to him with this like length of hair but like it kind of works and that red um what is that a cloak 
That's kind of a play on Dracula, right? I think so. And it works. A little bit, but Dracula hadn't come out at this point yet, though, which is interesting. Oh, that's true. Oh. Yeah. Because that was my first thought. I was like, oh, it's, you know, Gary Oldman. But this came out technically before. Uh, but it's still something about a vampire just screams like a big red trailing cloak. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that both of these films hit that same note because, I mean, you're not going to see a vampire walking around in a big white cloak. That would yeah. be creepy. So I just feel like a big red blood, color of blood cloak just really works. And I mean, Armand kills it, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love his like level of sophistication above like all the other vampires that are there because <laughs> oh, yeah. he's just like yeah they're all kind of idiots i'm the one in charge <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we see when we go to the theater of vampires uh yeah you could tell that the other vampires that work for him are like a bunch of dorks <laughs> but they know how to put on a show though they do and i'm like what do the humans in the audience think was <laughs> happening like, how do they get people to attend this every single night? Everyone in that audience looked so confused. Yeah. They looked well, so the confused. Ticket, it's the, the shock ticket, value. <laughs> the ticket pricing must be like very competitive for Paris at this time because <laughs> uh, slim pickings for shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i was wondering the same thing it's like how did you all end up at this performance and but i really love this scene i think it's such an interesting beautiful scene it's disturbing but just seeing the costumes work on that stage all the black cloaks and how they move um it's very creepy but then you see armand emerge in like that again that scarlet crimson red color uh, you could tell that he's just the leader of this whole thing and everyone else kind of has a little bit of a fear of Armand. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like that one dork, though, who like is, I don't know, his like number two or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so things are starting to get messy with the vampires, uh, but not before Claudia ends up with a new mommy. How lovely. Yeah. I like her new mom. I don't understand how she jumped to the conclusion that like Louie was going to like abandon her or something. Um, but I do like Anxiety. her new mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I love uh, the two of them together. And now that we've talked, I think I've kind of figured out in my head what's up with the colors because I, I love Claudia in the blue, but I was like, why is the new mom in a green? I'm like, oh, well, it's just Louis and Lestat all over again. Yeah. It's just like the cycle of abuse continues throughout all the different relationships for Claudia, Louis and Lestat. So she's in like an emerald green. Mm -hmm. It's almost like she's replacing Louis in a way before she gets dropped, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Which I don't think was going to happen, but no. I also like that she had the forethought to like be like, I need to go get a willing adult to act <laughs> like my guardian, <laughs> even though mentally I am an adult. I know I need another adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but things fall apart very quickly. I was shocked when Claudia and her new mom got torched. Yeah. I'm like they had nothing to, well she had something to do but the mom had nothing to do with Lestat's death 
<laughs> Until the very end of the movie, I was kind of like <laughs> waiting for Claudia <laughs> to come back because I just failed to believe that she actually died at that point in the movie. And I was wrong. She got oh. all crispy chicken nuggeted. So, mm-hmm. Although I'll be honest, I'm like, why didn't the mom just like hide her under her skirts? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? To hide her from the she sun? She was dead. <laughs> no, before they died. Yeah, she she just... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Clearly, she's scared of the sun. Put her under your skirt. Although, yeah. like, their entire, like... Maybe her dress would have burned up and then Claudia would have burned up anyway. I don't know. That is true. I mean, when they found her body, I don't think... I don't think the dress made it either. No. <laughs> no. Um, one of my favorite costumes is Louis. Um, look, uh, where's the torch to place? Yes, his murderous <laughs> rampage. This was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want a scythe, uh, Daniel. Can you hook me up with a scythe? Yeah. I feel like you know somebody. <laughs> well, come to Pennsylvania, we can get you a scythe down here. There's lots of farms. Um, same over here in Vermont. (laughs) I love the forethought though, of him getting a scythe because he can't get too close to the fire, but he knows he's going to need to like chop people's heads off. Yeah. So brilliant. So smart. Yeah. He's a good thinker. Yeah. It's almost like he becomes death. You definitely see the, the transition. He leaves the old Louis behind and becomes, it's like, all right, well, my kid's crispy. I'm like a new murderous vampire at this point. I'm going to do what I have to do and I'm done being everyone's friend kind of. So he, yeah, yeah, he definitely becomes a baddie and I love that vest that he's wearing. Uh, the text on, on it is beautiful and just stands out. And again, he's wearing the white and this time, like Daniel mentioned earlier, the white is a little bit more distressed. Uh, it's very dirty. And to me just kind of shows again, the idea that he's really, becoming okay with being this murderous vampire that Lestat always wanted him to be from the beginning. Yeah. I think it's also a play on um, like maybe him getting his hands dirty because like the mm-hmm. whole time he's so pristine and clean. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And he's kind of let everyone do everything for him, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely him stepping up and taking charge, but like, the one thing with like Louis, it's like he's always done what he thought was like the right thing to do. And in this yeah. case, he's like, okay, you murdered my kid. I'm going <laughs> to murder you right back. Like, fine. Like The right thing to do is starting to get boring for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like he can turn them into the police. Hey, they crispied yeah. my vampire daughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And then we fast forward back to New Orleans in 1988 and Louis just goes to go check in on his old friend Lestat. I mean, he sees a creepy house and he's like, I wonder, goes in. Of course, we find uh, Lestat really just being the ultimate couch potato. Yeah, because it's it's his old house. It's the house they had in New Orleans. Right. Um, and Lestat's just been chilling here the entire time, just really growing into the chair. I know. I'm like... I'm like, has it really taken you this long to regenerate yourself? Like, what is happening here? He's just eating, like, rats and birds and stuff. So, I mean, you know, he needs, like, a nice juicy steak, if you know what I mean. And he's just been eating very bad appetizers. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) He's eating, like, fast food. He needs to switch his diet up. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, again, like the makeup and prosthetics, uh, Lestat looks so creepy. And yeah. I just feel like I haven't looked into it, but I hope that there's a Cami War nomination, at least for like the makeup and prosthetics team. Are you looking up who did it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just going to go on. The Oscars has like a database of all their winners and nominees. Oh. So just look up interview with a vampire. They didn't get anything. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Uh, well, major bummer for the Academy, but whatever. Uh, but what's not a bummer is Louis looking real good at the movies, though. Yes. He, he, he's aged well. You know, I mean, he still looks the same, but the way he's adapted to like 1988 uh, he's still real good, proper, but yeah, he's still like from New Orleans, so he's not like gonna be wearing parachute pants and <laughs> neon tank tops. You know, <laughs> he looks like 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 a very successful businessman. Like that's yeah. his whole vibe in the eighties. Yeah, I love it, and I love the ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's interesting too is that like throughout the whole time, uh, it looks like all the vampires always have like a velvety suede material to their outfits and that almost like oh, never yeah. changes yeah that's true they i mean they love an expensive fabric they just can't help themselves yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah i wonder why that is it's almost like they're kind of the vampires are just glowing all the time they have like a mm, little bit true. of a sheen to them uh in the moon it just adds like a bit of like beauty to the aesthetic make yeah. them more Since attractive they're supposed to be like eternally beautiful especially under the moonlight because they're always in darkness too mm. so i feel like their fabrics are a little bit more reflective oh yeah that's true yeah mm. Mm, i love that uh, what I don't love was this dorky interviewer guy who clearly, just like Elizabeth and I the first time, we're not watching the movie because <laughs> he didn't hear a damn word that Louis was saying the entire time. <laughs> he he was, was real distracted. Uh, he was played by Christian Slater. And yeah, what a dork. He didn't hear anything. <laughs> Louis the whole time was like dark, 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 sad, sad, sad. I hate all of this. And he was like, so can you make me a vampire? I was Louis like, Bro. like, no. <laughs> Come on. He's like, had I understood, would have said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do love the entire premise of this film and it being this this big long interview and the interviewer just does not understand like what a bummer. Uh, but fortunately he gets his pretty quickly because good old pal Lestat was just chilling in his car the entire time, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, has he just like creepily been following Louis to just see what so. he's up to? I think since he found him again, he kind of started stalking him. Stalking yeah, him, got it, some good, some good meals in him apparently. Oh yeah, no, oh, he's definitely been eating good lately. He looks, <laughs> he looks pretty much the same, uh, except he's wearing. The, I love his his take on eighties because if you look at his sleeves, it looks like he still has like because he the does. Volume. He has the same shirt from the 1700s, which how that has not disintegrated, mm -hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> well, it looks very dirty, but he throws on like an 80s. I can't tell if it's leather or denim. I think it's leather. Yeah. He throws on like he, an like, 80s. Stole it. Yeah, it definitely feels like he stole it. So he's like, 
I'm not getting rid of this shirt, but I am going to wear that cool jacket I found off some guy. <laughs> that guy I murdered. <laughs> Take his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's, I guess he's just really wants another piece of Louis. So he's going to be, you know, chasing him down a little bit, listening to his, well, he doesn't listen to the I guess the podcast Christian <laughs> Slater recorded. He <laughs> turns that shit off real quick. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of Interview with the Vampire. I'm so glad that we finally got to watch this. I feel like I've been missing out my entire life and I just feel a little bit more complete now. Good. Mm. You know, one thing that was, well, I'll, I'll, I'll save this till the um, one costume. Oh, okay. Daniel's ready to play the a, game there was already. One that was missed. That oh. was my personal favorite. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe we should take a little break. And when we come back, we will play our favorite game. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, costume nerds? This is Spencer, co-host and producer of the Art of Costume blogcast. I love the simple things in life. Free parking, air conditioning, and a nice comfortable hoodie. If you feel the same way, then I'm here to let you know that if you wanted to support our show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy awesome blogcast merch through TeePublic, such as t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and stickers. We even have a baby onesie for all those baby costume designers out there. To get your merch, head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. Thank you for all your support. play our favorite game i am i'm kind of dying to know what daniel's costume was that we missed i I've, know <laughs> i mean there was a lot of costumes yeah you, when when you see it you'll be like oh my god i forgot about this <laughs> okay it's, it's a it's a showstopper for sure <laughs> it might change your minds just saying just saying <laughs> <laughs> all right well usually we say hit it daniel but you're right here so yeah so i'll hit it <laughs> the one costume to rule them all okay um i think i'll go first to get my blabbering out of the way um so my favorite costume was the set that louis and claudia were to the swamp i love like the forest green the sage green that they're both wearing uh, especially claudia's look uh because she's you know kind of blending into the swamp environment a little bit uh but she still has like daniel mentioned earlier it's almost like louis is kind of cloaking her trying to make her feel a little bit more protected and safe even though she's watching one of her dads get chewed up by a gator at this moment <laughs> um but she's wearing pink underneath so it still kind of shows like Claudia just trying to like break out of this hold that Lestat's had her in, but yet she still has a little bit of blue in her costume. So I just feel like that specific costume that she's wearing just says so much about her character at this very moment in time. 
um, before they go to Paris. So I think that's just a banger costume. <laughs> I approve. And yeah. Louis definitely looks like a like a classic vampire. Yeah, in this he does. Specific yes. like <laughs> time with the cloak, the like vest. The old timey cravat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would definitely agree. This is like stereotypical vampire. Uh, Elizabeth, what was your one costume rule them all? Uh, my one costume to rule them all is also a set. It's uh, Claudia and her new mom. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> like they complement each other so well. And it's really Claudia being like, this is my new life. Like, I know I cannot like be with you forever. So I'm finding myself a new parent and I'm going to go live my best life without you, Louie. Um, and it's just, it's elegant and really, really vampire-y, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Very vampire-y. And the colors, too, again. like I love the use of color that Sandy Powell uses in the costumes. Yes. And again, that shiny quality to it is yes. so nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Daniel, I want to know what this costume is that you've been holding on to. <laughs> so for me, it is um, Louis's fur coat oh. ensemble that he has, which is <gasps> That's such a good one. After Claudia dies and after he kills all the other vampires, he goes to talk to Armand. Oh, yeah. And he has this like fur coat with this like really lavish like vest cravat. And he almost has like a king, almost like Dracula look to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, it kind of gives off like this is like his ultimate form, you know? Like, he's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he's evolved into like the final <laughs> boss battle. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it almost feels like he is the king of vampires, you know? Yeah. With this look. Yeah. I mean, he just turned Armand on his head by you know, unaliving all of his vampire buddies. <laughs> I don't think Armand was that upset about it. <laughs> I don't think he was, but no. I think it definitely was a flex. <laughs> I think Armand was just like, but you're going to stay with me? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no. Okay. It's a hard pass. <laughs> you definitely were in on the plan to turn my daughter into a crispy chicken nugget. So, uh, yeah, no, that's a good one, Daniel. I can't believe I missed that scene. In, yeah. our, in our notes uh, it's so good he just definitely looks so evolved and kind of like like the mob boss of the vampires you know like you don't want to mess with this guy yeah. anymore he just mm -hmm. clearly royal for sure yeah he just showed his talents so no one's messing with louis anymore and that brings us to the end of our interview with the vampire episode this was so fun yes and if you would all like to tell us your one costume to rule them all from interview with a vampire uh you can leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826 or you can email us at the art of costume at gmail.com and spencer what are we watching next week <laughs> I'm very excited about this one. It's been a long time. You're uh, so excited. Was... You put a picture up in our slides. <laughs> uh, one of my all-time celebrity crushes is one Eva Green. She is absolutely brilliant. And a few years ago, I think we were like in college. Yeah. Showtime had this fantastic series called Penny Dreadful. It is 
so good. It stars Eva Green as Vanessa Ives. There's some uh, Frankenstein elements. There's Dorian Gray. Mm. Uh, it is everything. And if you haven't seen this series, go watch it. And if you have seen this series, you're probably jumping up and down right now because it is yes. perfect. And we're talking about the original Penny Dreadful series, not the right. reboot they did a year or two ago, which I haven't seen. I don't know what it's like, but we're talking about the original. Oh, I didn't know there was a... A reboot. They did a reboot and like it was set in like Los Angeles. I think it was supposed to be like about like, I don't know, serial killers or something. I don't something. know. I didn't even, I didn't want anything to do with it, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you just, I just felt like they couldn't top this masterpiece. Daniel, have you seen it? Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, just because like personally, I'm not much of a TV watcher. Yeah, But I have true. heard of it and I've seen uh, bits and pieces of episodes. It's... And I like the, the dark aesthetic of it yeah yeah i think you'll love it you would like it you would like it it's perfect for our spooky season so for everyone get a refresher go watch penny dreadful i myself need to go hop into the room and start rewatching this it's been a long time but i'm very excited <laughs> and daniel thank you so much for joining us this yes, has been fun thank you yeah, thank you i wish your appearances were not annually and maybe like by no not biannually like twice a year maybe <laughs> well that'd be a step up at least yeah. <laughs> um if you all enjoyed this episode let us know uh make sure you follow us on instagram at the art of costume pod go to tiktok at the art of costume where you could find little fun clips from these episodes and don't forget to head to our merch store theartofcostume.com slash pod store i just updated it uh yesterday with our brand new logo created by the brilliant Chloe White, who updated yes. our logo for us. Uh, so you could get a T-shirt with the new logo. The old one has now been retired. <laughs> and leave us a five-star text review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. It really does help. And we appreciate reading all your messages. And I hope you all continue to have a brilliant spooky season. And make sure you drink some blood and get your helpings of... <laughs> you know whatever you need so you don't become a couch potato like Lestat that's not that's not it yeah yeah take, everybody take care of yourself yeah <laughs> take care of yourself that's a good way to put it thanks for joining Daniel and thank you everyone for listening bye The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit the Art of Costume Blogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to the Art of slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. lord he's just a landowner i copied and pasted it from like imdb or something so uh <laughs> she doesn't like the use of lord <laughs> I, I, know, I can tell in her eyes <laughs>